Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up there, New Orleans? This is Logan Falgu. Yes, that's right. I'm usually a board up, but tonight I'm your host. You know, Seth Dunlap came in here and he said some, some things, and I quote, I don't want to be here anymore, and yes, I am pulling an Anthony Davis. You know, we all just got to remember what Seth did for us while he was here. He was such a... Such a great guy, such a great host, but he's not here anymore. So I'm here. Tonight, remember your poll. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, remember the poll. I'm, I'm sorry, okay? Uh, t- tonight, we uh, we have your Blue Runner Gumbo Opinion Poll. The new NFL pass interference replay rules will mean more consistency or chaos. All right, nice job. Uh, give me your Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at CCWLogan. Don't go follow it, because I don't use it. Night. <laughs> <laughs> that was well done. Thank you. All right. Uh, happy April Fool's, of course. Um, it could be true. Nice job, Logan. I'll just give you the show anyway. We're probably, uh, I think, uh, uh, Diane, <laughs> Diane was probably listening on the way home going, wait a second, I just saw Seth in the hall. What happened? Um, no, a little April Fool's uh, joke. Also, a new mic or something here in the studio since I've been gone for two weeks. This is fantastic. What's up, Logan? It's like I haven't seen you since... I don't know, last month or something. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been, you know, business as usual around here. I've been coming in, uh, doing mostly the stuff that's happening while you're not here. So. Yes, and probably not nearly as stressed and having a lot more fun. That you don't have to stare across the glass at me all the exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Nice job. Welcome to the show. I'm really excited to be back. Uh, had some family in town the last couple of weeks. A little staycation. They only get out here about once every year or a couple of years. So kind enough to uh, take a little time and to show them the town and all that and uh, you know also of course like Christian and Bobby brought up yes my bracket is busted like all of yours and yes my ultimate final four matchup of LSU against Gonzaga didn't happen and yes my Gonzaga Bulldogs just lost and yes I have not a single team remaining in my final four bracket bracket but but doesn't matter because that's what make this tournament fun. That's what make these three weeks, four weeks of the sports world fun. It is the hardest tournament in the world sports-wise to win. And one of the reasons why this is a maybe the most profitable sports tournament in the world outside of the World Cup is because of the uncertainty and the upsets and, yes, the madness. And we saw the madness with Duke, Carolina, Gonzaga all losing over the weekend. Only one number one seed there, and that is the team that I just told you I'm not getting behind this year, and that's Virginia. Been on Virginia for six years, the one year I'm not, because I just refuse to get back on that bandwagon after getting burnt time and time again. Here they are, and they're probably favorites to win the whole thing. That's how it works. So welcome to the show. Logan just gave you our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll there again. The new NFL pass interference replayable rules. What would they mean? 
more consistency or chaos, you can log on to www.com and cast your vote there. Also, a little housekeeping. Speaking of that final four, we will have that for you here on WWL Saturday. We start at 2.30 in the afternoon with Westwood One's final four show. And then at 5.04, actually 5.09 in the evening, the games begin. Virginia against Auburn and then Michigan State against Texas Tech on that half of the bracket that has just been brutalized. Lots of guests on the show today. Scott Alexander, bottom of the hour, WLAE-TV and CST, Primetime Sports. We'll talk a little LSU. We'll talk a little March Madness and NCAA tournament. LSU baseball, yeah, four-game losing streak, and then all of a sudden – what happens? Well, they win a couple against Mississippi State, the number two team in the country. And, yeah, no panic anymore. No sky is falling anymore. A little overreaction like we often see this time of year from LSU baseball fans. I'll tell you why everything's okay in the second hour. And also Jeff Palermo, news director for the Louisiana Network, will join us. Tom Brady's on Twitter. NFL replay got revamped while we were gone, even though we didn't think it was going to happen. And in hour number three, Doug Mouton of WWL-TV Channel 4 will join us. Let's talk a little coaching searches. LSU likely going to have one. Pelicans likely going to have one. Could Becky Hammond be the next coach of the Pelicans? little sports libs, and of course we'll relive some of those great moments from the uh, NCAA tournaments over the next three hours. So welcome into the show. You can uh, follow us on Twitter tonight at WWLAMFM, at Seth Dunlap. And this tournament's just, it's incredible. I mean, it really is. It's incredible. I was watching uh, the game over at uh, the T-Bob's house in Baton Rouge. I was just talking to Bobby about this. And like what happened with... LSU on uh, Friday, the same reaction on Saturday. And both reactions were similar for me, a little bit different because I was just born a Gonzaga fan. You know, I was born in the city. So I was I was raised there from about the time I was, at, you know, when I was seven, eight years old. You know, we went to games, we went to the basketball camps when I grew up there. So I was born and raised, kind of before they started this run. So I had this like two to three minutes where I just stared at the TV and in total anger and disbelief. I fired off a couple of tweets. I texted Andrew Doak, the sports reporter for WWL TV, who's a Red Raider alum, and was giving me the business a little bit, as he should. But then I got over it. I mean, literally, like that. Like that. Give me three minutes, I'll snap, and I remember that even that loss for Gonzaga, and yes, the night before, although it wasn't in the same fashion, it was just kind of a more brutal loss, obviously, for LSU that we'll get into here and what that means for the Tigers and their program. You move on fairly quickly if you get excited this time of year enough because you realize that even though your team lost, even though you realize the favorites lost, even though you might have been a favorite, your team might have been a favorite in the game that you're losing – this tournament, this time of year would not be nearly as special if you didn't have the madness that we always see. Duke, the favorites all year long. Massive favorites in Vegas, gone. They didn't look good all tournament long. Escaped in round two. Escaped in round three. Bye-bye in the regional final. Gonzaga gets shelled in their conference tournament game. We talked to guys in Vegas Christian and me, and you look at all these brackets outside of Duke, Gonzaga's the pick. What happens? Gonzaga looks great, unbeatable the first three games. And then you have Texas Tech in that length and defense. Bye-bye. Gone. Auburn. 
soars to a conference title. Bruce Pearl, all the controversy surrounding him, but also all the love, very beloved in Auburn and by college basketball fans, even with all of the, well, extracurriculars that he's gotten into and been accused of in his career. Auburn's playing like, well, the team that most people thought they would be at the beginning of the season, and they're back in the Final Four. And then you have Virginia, who's never been to this spot before under Tony Bennett. The fourth time they've been a number one seed. Three previous times haven't even made it past the Sweet 16. Last year, first time ever, a number one seed to get beat by the 16 seed UMBC. The world believes that your program is a fraud. The world believes that Tony Bennett and that system, that pack line defense, can't win a title, can't win consistently come tournament time. That's what I always tell you, all these predictions and prognostications and people who think they know and people who think they know Team A is going to roll through the tournament and, and Team B is the second best team. I always tell you it does not matter. Doesn't matter. It's also why we watch. It's also why we watch. Later in the show, we'll have a lot more discussion on LSU, the building blocks in place, regardless of the Will Wade situation. I believe are there. And how this program has set itself up for success in the future. Let them take away the sting right now. I know it doesn't. Three days later from that loss, that really just ugly loss, when you just got beaten blue by Michigan State, one of now college basketball's blue bloods, and I heard that conversation on Sports Talk too. Yes, Michigan State is a blue blood. They are now the last 20 years, six Final Four appearances, a couple of national title appearances, and a title. That's a blue blood. It's because LSU isn't a blue blood yet. doesn't mean that the sting is any less. I get it. Just remember, though, hopefully, and hopefully, knock on wood, cross your fingers, that somehow LSU can be a part of this dance, this madness, this celebration we call the NCAA basketball tournament most years from here on out. There's too many resources at this school. There's too many smart sports people. And yes, I even throw Joe Oliva in that for all of the derision that has been directed his way, including from me during his tenure, his missteps, and I think he's made many, but so do most ADs. He still has almost every program, and especially the revenue sports at LSU, the arrow pointed up, and he has him in a great spot. And I still believe, regardless of the Will Wade situation, regardless of what happens on April 22nd, and it looks like the inevitable firing and then the coaching shirts behind it, what this year has proven for LSU that is so important, that is so critical, is that the fans will care. The fans will show up to games. The fans will watch. The fans will listen. The fans will be passionate about basketball here. Why is that important? It's because all the other coaches, the coaching candidates, guys at non-Power 5 programs, guys in their 30s, assistant coaches at maybe some premier blue blood programs looking for their first opportunity, they'll see LSU as a destination where you can recruit, where you can win, where you'll have the money behind you. It's important. It was important after a decade to prove that it can happen here again. Don't know what's going to happen with Nasri. Don't know what's going to happen with Tremont or Skyler or Emmett 
Certainly not Will Wade. But what we do know is, yeah, you all care. Y'all care about basketball, and you're not going to convince me you don't anymore. I saw it too up close and personal this year. There's going to be a lot of talk about how this season was scuttled. There's going to be a lot of talk about Joe Oliva and Will Wade and the, the FBI and the corruption in that scandal. But looking back on this year, I think what we will remember is their run to the Sweet 16. We will remember, I think, and I hope anyways, that this was a turning point year for the LSU program. And we'll say go enjoy the heck out of this last week because this Final Four is going to be fun. Defensive dominated. You got a blue blood there, a budding blue blood in Virginia. You got a dark horse in Auburn. And you got a team that's never been there before in Texas Tech that, hey, Andrew Doak, they just might win the whole thing. Just getting started here on the last slap. When we come back, I want to talk about bracket guy. Yeah, bracket guy. The guy or gal, and you know these in your office or your pool or people talking on TV or social media that all of a sudden they, they screenshot or, or hold up a bracket. They say, well, look, I got two, three, four Final Four teams correct. Yeah, but they filled out like 40 brackets. Yeah, bracket guy, bracket gal, not fun. I'm going to riff on them. Coming back next year on the last lap. Welcome back to the show. A few texters loving uh, Logan's open. Logan, nice job there. Well, April Fool's fun at the uh, beginning of the show. Here's a text from the 504. Are you confident that if we lose Will Wade, this administration is competent enough to make the correct hire? I'll start there. The text goes on, but I'll start there. Yeah, they, they made the right hire here with Will Wade. I mean, they just did. And they've proven, regardless of all the opinions from people like me, that maybe they didn't make the right hire with Coach O, that's been proven that they did, at least right now. So, yeah, I have a lot of faith that this athletic administration can go through a coaching search and make the right hire if Will Wade is indeed fired. And text goes on, the fans only show up after a proven winner takes the court. See last year's attendance as well as this year's against non-premier foes. Wade even invited the crowd back after Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Um, that's a problem at a lot of places that aren't, I don't know, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, and, and a select few other schools. I mean, look at Con Connecticut. There are very few, and you can probably count them on one hand, colleges in the country and fan bases in the country that care about basketball more than UConn. UConn's attendance the last couple of years, while they've been in this steep decline, has not been good. That's just the modern sports world we live in. You've got to build a winner. You just do. There's a text from the 985. Here's a big LSU negative. Joe Oliva better go after a better head coach for the women's basketball program. Nikki Vargas has not had a good team in five years. Um, their recruiting is no good. Yeah, look, it missed on the women's side, no doubt about it. We actually talked about that the week before I left and how the one program that's been in, in, in surprising, well, free fall is the wrong word, but just hasn't been good as they should be is that women's program. Let's go to Joey in Pearl River. Joey, what's going on? Hey, bro. Welcome back, man. Hey, thanks, man. What's going on? <laughs> I uh, I heard something over the weekend uh, following the Auburn game, you know, by Bruce Pearl, that uh, he was congratulating the university on their first ever appearance in the Final Four. I mean, was he just crazy in his, uh, uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's been, it's been what, day, but 40 years almost. Has it? But they have been. Okay, because, uh, you know, I'm thinking, I I'm running back through my uh, weak memory, and 
I couldn't come up with an appearance, you know, by them. And, I, you know, I thought, well, wow, this is crazy. That means we have two rookie well, it's yeah, no, it's their first one. The last time they'd been there, I'm, I'm sorry, Joey. I thought we were on the same page. The last time they'd been there uh, in, in the regional final was like uh, 40 years ago. But did you see Charles Barkley crying over the weekend because it was their first Final Four? You see that? No, I missed it. Oh man, it was great. Um, you got you got to watch. You can find it on social media. I, I misunderstood the question. No, it's the first Final Four for Auburn. It's also the first Final Four for Texas Tech, which is really cool, right? You got two first timers in there. Okay, great. Yeah. Go watch, well, go watch Charles, well, man. Go watch Charles, Joey. You a Charles Barkley fan? Uh, well, yeah, now I am. You know that he's not on the court anymore. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's fair. I think Charles is an American treasure. Yeah, go watch that clip. I mean, he gets really emotional and um, really cool moment. I've gotten my issues with Bruce Pearl, but you can't deny that, that, that very likable guy, right? Not a likable guy or gal, bracket guy. Let me just riff on this for a second because I've had it. I have had it with with the people who fill out dozens of brackets or multiple brackets, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that in itself. Like, go do that. We have our own little, you know, bracket pool that we do. And people fill out multiple brackets. I say, that's fine. Like, just put, you know, the Seth one or Seth two on the bracket and then we'll roll with it. I don't have a problem with that. As long as you're honest. And you don't come back at the end of all of this and then hold up one of your 94 sheets that you filled out and say, well, see, I actually got three out of the four final four teams correct here. You can't do that. Like I could go fill out 100 brackets and have a different final four for each one and then hold up the one at the end and say, see, I did this before the tournament started. No, this is why every year I am a sheets of integrity guy. I fill out one. I use them on all the different pools that I'm in. I know we're in one here with our, our sports crew, and then we're in another one here at the office, and I'm with one of my friends, and I've used the same bracket for each one. Now, it went really well for me, really well for me the first week. And Christian and Bobby probably didn't talk about this because I was wiping the floor with them. First time ever, I've got a perfect sweet 16. 16 of 16 was my sweet 16 this year. I was over the moon. I was bragging. One sheet, sheets of integrity, bracket of integrity. I'm 16 for 16 in the sweet 16. What happens over four days? My bracket just crumbles. Busted. I've got zero teams remaining in the final four. I had Duke, Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Was not a good four days of basketball for my bracket. So I will issue you this little caution, people, when talking about your brackets with me here, and I'm talking to all you here in the office. If you only filled out one, you want to brag, do it. Now, Bobby only filled out one. He gets to brag. Bobby Ayer, because he got one bracket. He's got two teams in the final four, Virginia and Texas Tech. If you filled out multiple brackets, don't come at me. Come at me. I don't care about your one out of your 94 brackets that was right. All right? The most annoying people in the world, right? Bracket guy, bracket gal. Sheets of integrity. Scott Alexander coming up next. Watch a little Major League Baseball. I don't know if it'll ever happen here. And I understand, you know, what, 48th ranked market rising. I think we're 51 for the last since it's 48 now. Uh, maybe if we keep growing here in New Orleans, 
that eventually we'll get a Major League Baseball team. It's probably a little unrealistic considering we're already a two-pro-sport team town. But, man, I I'm, I'm really miss going out to Major League games on a regular basis to just do. Great, great time of year. Wait, Red Sox, what are they, one and one and three? Yeah, nobody nobody wants the Red Sox to win anymore. So you can thank my Mariners for that, right? Don't come at me, Astros fans. Not today. Uh, let's, let's talk to Scott Alexander now, host of Primetime Sports on WLAE-TV and CST Television. Scotty, as your bracket is busted as mine, man, I had a terrible weekend. First of all, there's three major league sports now in this town because rugby is here to stay. Hey, there you go. There you go. It's True big day. time. So, yeah. Yeah, my bracket's busted. Of course it is. It sucks. Um, I got no Final Four teams. How about that? Me either. Right. I got none. I had uh, Scott, I had 16. It was the first time in at least, I think, ever. I only fill out one. Well, I'm a brackets of integrity. I'm a sheets of integrity guy, dude. So I only fill out one. That's all I do. Yeah. Sheet, I, first time ever, I had 16 of 16 sweet 16 teams. And I don't know what happened, but I have zero Final Four teams just like you. How bad is that? Well, that's impressive, though. 16 out of 16. And the thing is, is if you had 16 out of 16, I mean, there's a chance you could have won something. I'm Because let me say this. The thing I'm in, I just did one in my little office. I think only two people even had one Final Four team. And that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like one person had Auburn, and the other one had uh, Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Um, just nuts. Really nuts. What do you think about these games over the weekend? Um, uh, there's lots of madness. I guess that's, that's why they call it March Madness, man. Uh, Purdue, I, that game, I feel bad for them. I really do. I thought they, they outplayed Virginia. Um, I mean, that, that just it's crazy the way that game went overtime. I mean, just that, that, but you got to have a little luck, though. That's what basketball is all about this time of year. Everybody's good. Um, I thought Texas Tech, that game actually didn't surprise me as much as uh, I thought because after watching them, I had them in the Elite Eight, and after watching them um, the first uh, two or three games, I just said, wow, this is going to be tough for Gonzaga. I, I mean, of course, I picked Gonzaga to win, so um, to win it all, that is. And, uh, but, you know, Texas Tech is so well coached. And I said that last year when they made an Elite, elite Eight run. Now they're in the Final Four. Michigan State, LSU saw, we all saw that. Uh, they are very, very tough. And of course, Auburn's another one. I actually put a bet down Seth earlier on did for three teams that had long shots to make the Final Four, and I, I kind of forgot about it. But you know, twenty bucks on Auburn to go to the Final Four and uh, one hundred fifty. So not all so bad, right? No, and I guess the, the moral these last few years, and it's not just this year. I think you look at the last two, three, four years in this tournament as it kind of evolves is that you win your conference tournaments and that momentum often carries over. I mean, look at Michigan State here. Look at Auburn. I think going forward, I'm, I'm wondering if that you know selection committee is going to start valuing those conference tournament titles a little more. And Virginia and Texas Tech, however, the far end. Both lost first yep. games. Yep. Um, so that's kind of ironic too, isn't it? Uh, there was like, like no champion that or guy that's the team that was runner-up or second-round semifinals. First round out in the tournament or champion in these four teams. So – Kind of interesting there as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're going to value them. I don't know. I don't know if this is going to make them value them or not anymore. I think a lot of times they have their mind made up on who's seated where. But you have to look at a team like Auburn that on back-to-back games in the SEC tournament did it to Tennessee and and just a great, great – that was in the championship. Did a great great game, and they did it again the game before. So it was just fun to watch them do their thing because when when they're on, they're as exciting as anybody to watch. They get up and down the court. 
and they shoot so well. I mean, we know that. Their three shooting is as good as anybody's, but they actually can penetrate and get to the hole just as easily as well. Indeed. It's Scott Alexander here with us on the last lap at D Scott Alexander on Twitter. Let's back it up to the LSU Michigan State game. You and I talked about this a lot, both on and off the air, about that possible matchup. And I think we were on a similar page anyways, that it was going to be maybe the worst matchup in that whole bracket for LSU. And it kind of turned out to be that way, Scott. That's really a true. We said that actually when the brackets came out the Monday two weeks ago, right? Um, we kind of foresaw that this could happen. Then I was like, I wish that Duke would have been maybe the, the two seed. Obviously, you know, that wasn't going to happen after they won the tournament. But uh, because I think LSU actually could have had a better chance. And we said that. I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but we both said that on that Monday. It's like, wow, I think Duke, the way they play, they like to do some certain things that I think can fall in the hands of LSU. And, and, the, and it's the opposite with Michigan State. You know, I got swept up at the end, though, thinking <clears throat> going in the game, I said, okay, LSU's got a legitimate chance to win this. Uh, they kind of put that to bed early. LSU had that one run, man, at the beginning of the second half. And you. They cut it to four. I believe it was 40-36. And you just thought, man, wow, this is going to happen again. The magic will keep happening. And it just seemed like that, boy, Michigan State got hot again, and it was all over but the crime for the state of Louisiana. Yeah, it, it really was. Do you think that there are building blocks here for LSU, even with the, the Will Wade situation, or do you think that that shadow is just going to, well, overshadow any kind of progress you made with the program this year? I don't think so. I, I think there is definitely building blocks. So listen, LSU, you see, you didn't grow up around here when I did. Okay, like I, I was in junior high when they started getting really good, like really good. Like I'd say from 78 to 81, they were as good over those three-year stretch. They made those sweet 16, lead eighth in the final four, back to back to back. And they were great. I mean, they were great. They built that thing. And then in the 80s, they're the best team in the SEC. I mean, you can argue a little bit Kentucky, maybe Alabama. They're the ones. If you look through the 80s, they would be the team of the decade. It was rolling. And then all of a sudden you had the Chris Jackson, Shaq era, and then you had a little down time when, when Dale Brown's career was ending there. And then John Brady brought them to a powerhouse team. They lost in the Sweet 16 in 2000, but they were very good. They obviously went to the Final Four. So, so you had these, these periods, you know, when they kind of get good, and then they have some dips. You know, 2009, they were really good again, 14-2 and two in conference. And then you had Ben Simmons. That didn't really work out, but still they were 11-7 and seven in conference. Not horrible, but not certainly what you expected. I do feel um, that this is going to build into something better. Uh, and listen, I don't know what it might be. Uh, you're going to have Scholar Mays back. You're going to have some of these guys back. You know Tremont's probably gone. Uh, Nas is definitely gone. Will Wade's up in the air. It's a long shot, but, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. I'm um, sure so I think they're going to – they have to give him his due process and let's see how things play out, but – you know, the other fact is what coaches are going to be available if you wait a whole long time. So um, it's some big decisions being made up there. I actually had a quick word with Will yesterday. Um, he seems to be in good spirits about things. But I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I really am. I've told you this many times. I was in the agent business. And, I, I mean, I could write a book on him, how much cheating I saw in this game, whether it be from the shoe companies to uh, the coaches to runners, uh, you know, agents, all of them. Uh, there's, you know, it would be beautiful to clean everything up, have everybody play on the same page. But it seems like it's been like this for so long, almost my entire lifetime, uh, and maybe even as long as that. Um, so I don't, I don't know. But the fact is I hate to see Will Wade get completely singled out when it's so prevalent. And, I, you know, obviously he's the one card. So, but it just, I just feel for the guy. I really do. 
Scott Alexander hosted primetime sports on WLAE and CST television this week. Uh, where does the season rank up for you among LSU all time, Scott? Oh, that's a great question, actually. That's a great all time. I mean, it's in the top, I'd say, I'd say at least the top six, six or seven. Um, you know, it was a great regular season. They've never won 16 games. Well, they did, I think, that year that Rudy Macklin, they were number one for a good part of that year. 1981 is easily their best team ever. Uh, 1980 and 81. 80, they, they fell a little short in the, to the lead eight, but that team was just so loaded with dynamite players. Uh, and 79 was fabulous as well. Now, yeah, you know, between 2000, 2006, 2009, 1986, 1987 was another one. They should have gone to the Final Four that year. They were up nine or so to Indiana right at the end of the Elite Eight, and and they blew that. But So I would say definitely in the top eight, um, you know, but it could be, you know, maybe even top five. Final Four this week. Who you got, man? And I guess we can start with the semifinal matchups and just roll on through the championship. Have you looked at it enough yet? Do you know who your favorite on each side and on into that championship game? I've been busy all day today, but, I mean, listen um, – you're going to have to sh- – I mean, Texas Tech and Michigan State, uh, they're, they're strong, man. I mean, they are strong. I mean, you have a legitimate top ten player in Culver. I mean, this guy – I mean, honestly, I, I'd love to see him in a Pelicans uniform. I mean, I could legitimately actually visualize that. Um, he's a player. I mean, he really is a player. And it looks like you're going to have a top ten pick. Um, I, I really – he's a great he's a great player that can win games, and they play such great defense. Michigan State, the same thing. They have they have their Cassius Winston, who, man, he, he impressed me. I got to tell you, I did some games in, in Vegas with them, and I just didn't think without Josh Langford that they could do this. As, 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 I should say they could do this as easily as it appeared they did it, you know, and they did it. They, they've learned to play without him. Nick Ward's even coming off the bench. I mean, Cassius Winston is dynamite. So that game is going to be hard when the call It's easy to just say Michigan State. But, man, I, I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, I, I'm being honest with you. I don't know. Texas Tech is just really good. So, uh, you know, if I have to have the edge, I'd say, I guess, Michigan State a little bit, but not really. You know, so that one's tough. The other one's Auburn against Virginia. That's classic offense, man, offense, 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 first defense. And, and one team really wants to get the ball up. The other team wants to make sets. They run precision offense. They have great shooters. Um, both teams has great shooters. Virginia, um, I don't know. I, I mean, Auburn's definitely much more athletic. Uh, Virginia's known for that great defense, tactical, strategic play by uh, Tony Bennett, the coach. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm rooting for both those coaches. It's kind of strange. I like Bruce Pearl and Tony Bennett, and they're so different. I mean, it's so different. I mean, one of them is just, to me, the greatest sideline coach right now. I think Tony Bennett is, is, is at least making his name for that. He's got to get, you know, he got, finally got to the Final Four. But Bruce Pearl is so exciting. And I love watching him. So, I don't know, man. I'm just looking for some good basketball. I don't even think I'm going to make a prediction. Nola Gold, bro. What's going on there? I know yeah, a tough loss this last week, but still on top of the league standings, right? I mean, tough losses. I mean, you don't even know how tough that was. But the only two losses they've had this season is the same two games that this French ref has ref, And they called a knock-on at the end of the game. Like, we'd already gotten the game-winning score. I mean, we won the game. It was over, 33-28. And – you know, they had their last play, and they, they, they did – they kind of ran, and they got them down, and they – No, what's a knock-on? What's a knock-on, Scott? Well, the ball is if it hits – if you hit your player's hands and it goes forward, 
Uh, they call it a knock-on if you miss it. But and they might have been something about not releasing. I don't know all the rules completely yet. But but the fact is, is that the game was over and it was done. And all of a sudden you saw a card come out, which gave them a penalty kick from like right there, you know. And it just it just was just silly. But you know the fact is, is it's 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 all good. We lost to New York the same way a month ago. They're six and two, but they have all the bonus points just about you could possibly get. So that's all that matters is total points. Four wins for a win. You get you get bonus points if you if you lose by less than seven. Uh, and you know both times they've lost, they've gotten those. And you get bonus point if you get four basically touchdowns. We call them tries in rugby, and they've done that all but once. And that one time was in that deep snow in Utah. So. That's why New York, uh, Rooney, the only team that, you know, that, well, before today, this past weekend, that the, the Golden lost to was them, and they're 7-1. and one. But they have one less point, so that's the way it works in rugby. They have one less point, so the Gold are still in first place. Uh, and uh, they, they, were, they plan to stay that way because their losses have been so uh, just incredibly excruciating but I think they feel strong about the rest of the season. Yeah, well, if you're listening, you can catch the gold in a couple of weeks. Back in the city, April 13th, Utah comes to town. I believe I will be out there, Scotty, for that one. So, uh, well, You'll be hooked up for sure. All right, dudes. Uh, look, appreciate the, the basketball chat, man. Um, we'll probably text each other this week and make some official predictions or something like that. But uh, Yeah, I'll make some official later, right? That's, uh, <laughs> I, got you, right? I know, and I guess I can say, because you actually had Gonzaga this year, uh, R.I.P our zags right because it was kind of our zags this year it really was and i really I've, I've actually picked them to win three times in the last four or five years so uh i just felt good about the team i don't know i really felt strong going in the whole way and you know texas tech just plays great basketball yeah r.i.p rest in peace Zags. see you later yeah there you go okay scott alexander thanks so much but there he goes at d scott alexander on twitter and you can catch him every single week at primetime uh, sport oh uh, scott are you still there yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I, well, who got on the show this week? I forgot to ask you that. I'm sorry. Um, you know what? I'm going to do this because it's the baby cake last year here. I want to kind of give them a little send up. But what I'm doing is a lot of y'all that are younger probably don't know how cool Ron Sabota is. Um, I was a kid when he was in, was the, the amazing right fielder for the New York Mets. When they – they're called the Amazing Mets. And they, they had the miracle victory in 1969 over a Baltimore Orioles team that had four 20-game winners. And he made the most amazing catch in World Series history. Dove basically parallel the ground. And I'm going to talk about that great team he had with Tom Seaver, Nolan Ryan, Gary Kuzman as pitchers. And they shocked the Baltimore Orioles, who had four 20-game winners. Keep Think about that. And they won. So that's going to be a cool segment. I'm going to, I'm going to have another guy, Lenny Van Gilder, talking all about what's going on locally in all the sports, Saints pickups, Pelicans future, uh, you know, even two lanes higher in LSU basketball as well. So, we're going to have a lot of fun on the show tomorrow, and I'm going to talk some baby cakes. Dee Dee Bro is supposed to come on and talk about the gymnastics thing. She's going to do it next week. So I'm going to talk about the baby cakes last season as well. All right, there you go. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, brother. All right, Scott Alexander, host of Primetime Sports on CST and WLAE TV. Speaking of the new Tulane basketball coach, I didn't even plan it that way. That was a heck of a segue, though, because coming back, Talk about the new head basketball coach for the Green Wave. Ron Hunter, unexpected hire from Georgia State, but why he might be the right man for the job and, hey, my, why he might not. 504-260-1870. If you want to jump on in here, want to talk a little LSU hoops, a little college basketball with us, 504-260-1870. The text line is 870-870, and this is the last lap on WWL. 
So Final Four this weekend on into next week is set. Michigan State against Texas Tech on one side, Auburn against Virginia on the other side. One team that, well, didn't even get close to the Final Four, didn't even get close to anything this year was Tulane. Maybe their worst season in program history. They parted ways with Mike Dunleavy, and while we were gone on the show, they made a hire. Ron Hunter hired to be the next coach of the Green Wave, came over from Georgia State, and my initial reaction when I heard this over my break was, oh, really, Ron Hunter? I knew who Ron Hunter was. He's coached in the, the tournament the last uh, couple of years, but I was thinking, hey, wasn't there somebody with the you know local ties? And I was kind of, I guess, fanboying Mark Schlesinger a little bit. I had hoped that Tulane and, and maybe they did take a longer look at, at Coach Schles coming over to Tulane here the last couple of weeks kind of rooting for that so maybe I was more bummed than I was thinking it was a bad hire but more I've read and got into reading about Ron Hunter heard him on sports talk today more I think that you know this might not be that bad of a hire for for Tulane certainly can't be any worse than it was the last couple of years for for those of you don't know Ron Hunter number one he's going to be the next coach of the Tulane Greenway basketball team so you're going to know that name a lot but number two is he's had a lot of success at Georgia State in the six years that he was there three out of the six years at Georgia State in the Sunbelt Conference, a conference that only gets one NCAA tournament bid every single year. It's one of their conference tournament. Well, he's done it three times in 2015, last year, and then this year. Actually won a game in 2015, made it to the round of 32. It was also in the postseason the next couple of years, NIT in 2014, and then the CIT, the College Invitational, in 2017. So this is a guy that knows how to win at programs that don't necessarily have that you know, tradition and rich history. That's what you need at Tulane. Now, he's going to have to dig that program out of the, you know, the recruiting mire and muck. And he's going to have to get to know the city a lot better than he does now. The one area that I really wish that Tulane would have emphasized is recruiting locally here. There are a lot of very good to great high school basketball players in the city, in the state, in the region, that frankly the local programs here don't take advantage of enough. LSU's starting to do it a little bit. Look what they did with Javante Smart, although I guess there's a little bit of controversy surrounding how that all went down, so maybe that's not the best example. Saw Mitchell Robinson, now in the NBA. Lock up New Orleans first. Lock up Louisiana second in this region and then expand outside. That's what we need to do at Tulane. I understand you're in, you know, maybe the sixth best conference in the country. Might not be a power five, but you're probably that group of six in basketball. And the group of six, I know it's a group of six school in football. I mean, you're probably the sixth best conference in college basketball. It's a power conference. It's a big conference. You got to win these recruiting wars and we'll see what Ron Hunter does here. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll at WWL.com. We'll talk about this next hour. The new NFL pass interference replay rules. What will they mean? Consistency or chaos? You can cast your vote at WWL.com or the Radio.com app. Back in a couple of minutes here on the last lap. It's text from the 504. If Dunleavy couldn't do anything with Tulane, what in the world makes them think this guy will be better? Well, frankly, I think that Ron Hunter is much more connected to the college basketball recruiting pipelines and, and, frankly, the college basketball players today than Mike Dunleavy ever was. Dunleavy was an NBA guy, and Dunleavy was on TV for a long time. I think you could just pluck him from TV, and that 
lifestyle and put him in a college campus, and especially here at Tulane, and expect that he's going to succeed and thrive, I think was misguided at best. We're going to take a break. Big hour next hour. We'll talk NFL replay rule changes and also LSU baseball. So stick around for that. Right now, though, we're going live on Facebook. Are you bracket guy or bracket gal? Don't be bracket guy or bracket gal. I'll tell you why. WWR Radio Facebook page right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 